Let me see. I think we should repeat that opening. That was funny. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, let me get my notes out. What do you think about the topic, experimental retail? I think it's the way of the future, especially, you know, stores, any, any sort of business has to adapt to COVID in mm-hmm. order to survive. Like, it is a question of survival now. So, yes. it's, uh, I like it. For sure. So let's do the opening first, and then we will get into all of the exciting stuff that I have chosen for tonight's topics. And then I have a lot of exciting things to share with you and some personal questions that I would like to ask you about because I'm stuck in the creator mode of my podcast. But let's do the opening first. Welcome back. Welcome back to be the co-host on Creative Talks, Commercial Wood Estate Podcast. And in my opinion, my podcast is the most interesting podcast out there about commercial real estate. 100% agree. Thanks for having me again, Minja. Thank you. So last time you were on the show about a month ago, and we talked about a variety of different things related to commercial real estate. So let's catch up for a bit before we get into today's topic. So how have you been? I've been good. Very busy. We just got a big, big Mm -hmm. snowstorm yesterday and today in Connecticut. So Mm -hmm. just working from home today, kind of like back to the good old work from home situation. But other than that, you know, been busy with a bunch of different projects. So uh, mm-hmm. like I like to say busy is good. Yes. And I have an exciting news I would like to share with you. You probably have seen it on social media as well. You nominated me for the Business Insider Rising Star of Real Estate. I do. And I got selected as one of the 30 young professionals to be on the list. I mean, if they had like something for the top 10, I think you should still be in it. So no, that's awesome. Congrats, Minja. That's, uh, Thank I mean, you, I, Julian. I, yeah, I think I read it on the news somewhere that you were chosen. So, <laughs> Wait, did you listen to the previous episode? I did not. I, I'd literally been just swamped with work this whole week. So uh, okay. no time to myself, but I definitely will when I get a chance. Thank you, Julian. And you don't need to sound too corporate and too business in my podcast. I might need a glass of wine or two then. (laughs) You know what? Next time you should do that before you get on the show, especially for the co-host episodes. Okay. Sounds good. I'll definitely do that. You know, now that I have authorization, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for the nomination. When I saw they're looking for applications, I didn't want to put Minja Yen nominating Minja Yen. So I reached out to my <laughs> friends to nominate me. Thank you for the nomination. And I'm so happy that I got selected. And I did a special episode, episode 31, specifically about Business Insider. I gave them a huge shout out. And all of the articles I talked about in that episode are from Business Insiders. And then their team are super amazing. So another exciting news is that Following that big article that came out, two more articles came out. Like It's like a series of this rising stars. So two days after that big article, I got featured again on Business Insider. The second article was about my career advice. 
my career advice was about young professionals should not be afraid to ask questions and make mistakes because we're young and we have to learn by doing and we should not be afraid to try it and do it because if we don't try, we will never be able to learn. So that was my advice for young professionals. And the third article, which is the one that came out today, like this morning when we recorded this episode, was about 32 books that all of the rising stars recommend for people who would like to get into or go ahead in real estate. So my book recommendation is Never Eat Alone. And this book has taught me that the right way of networking is to help other people to become more successful in their career and in their life. That I mean, that sounds amazing. Definitely. I know you've recommended me that book um, when we were getting our master's degree, Never Eat Alone. And I think that's definitely, even without actually knowing that it the, the quote came from a book, or I don't know if the, the book took the quote from somewhere else, mm-hmm. but whenever you can, you know, always network, always find an, an excuse to talk to someone that you don't know. You never know what's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And even though I moved back to Las Vegas, a lot of my connections are still connections I made at Shaq or in New York. So mm-hmm. you just never know what kind of opportunities will show up. So you always need to be friendly and be nice to everyone and always provide value if you can and try to help them. Not only helping them will make them more successful, but also it makes me happy too because I'm helping other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a great way of putting it. It's, uh, you know, just be selfless, go out there, help as much as you can and uh, see what happens. Never expect anything in return. Just do it from the goodness of your heart. Mm -hmm. And then so in the past three weeks or four weeks after we did that episode together, Mm -hmm. I have been in a lack of creativity mode for my podcast. I feel like there's a gap between what I want to talk about versus what my audience would like to hear about. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm in this struggling mode is because the episodes that I put in the most hours, the most amount of work in are the Las Vegas related episodes, especially the development history of the Las Vegas Strip series. Like those oh, right. episodes yeah, yeah. took me a long time to write to edit and to choose all of those sound effects but those are my least download episodes i don't know whether it's because it's a solo episode only me there's no co-host or no guest or i don't know whether my audience are not interested in las vegas history and i just don't No, because I don't want to make my podcast just another commercial real estate podcast. I'm trying to make it more interesting or find other topics that other people haven't talked about in their webinars or in their podcast. Right. I mean, that's a a tough question. It's it's not an easy one to answer. I mean, ultimately, I think... How can I put it? It's like, you know. I know it is complicated. Because ultimately, like you're, I mean, you know, I know it probably more than most, but you're super duper passionate about Las Vegas, which is awesome. And I don't think you should stop talking about what you want to talk about just Mm -hmm. because you don't necessarily get the results that you get, you know, that Mm -hmm. you want. Mm -hmm. Even though some cases, like you have some videos that you don't put as much effort into, gets a lot more 
kind of like traction and following. But don't let that be the main reason why you do more of one thing than the other. Do what you want, Minja. I think that's what's really important. Do Mm -hmm. what interests you. And knowing the person that you are, I think a lot more people than you think have interest in what you have to talk about. I think that's what's most important. It's like, just don't do something because you know it's going to be popular, especially if it doesn't interest you. I mean, if you're able to do something you like, regardless of what you get with no Mm -hmm. expectation, as long as you put in your heart, your effort, your research and all that into it, people will pass and up that for sure. You're cutting off. Could you repeat that, please? Um, <laughs> Especially the the sentence that you say, Minja is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Minja is awesome. No, I was saying that a lot of people, because of the potential fame that comes with being extremely successful with social media, unfortunately, they look for that fame more than following what they are interested in sharing. So what I mean by that is, you know, Minja, you mentioned like you put in your whole, like your heart and soul into the the Las Vegas project, but you didn't get the following you wanted. I think the last thing that anyone, myself, and I'm sure other people are thinking the the same thing as I do is don't stop doing stuff that you like. So, Mm -hmm. you know, never stop talking about Las Vegas, never stop talking about the the things that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. because of the fact that you don't get as many likes or follows or download yeah. as you expect. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just the audience are not coming yet. Because I'm sure there are a lot of millennials in commercial real estate. I think what I'm trying to do is I would like to keep my unique niche in commercial yeah. real estate. Mm-hmm. And because like some of the things I talk about in my podcast, you don't get to hear about it in other Zoom webinars or other commercial real estate related media. I was a little afraid that not everybody will like my content because not everybody talks about TikTok or esports or millennials, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess I don't need to speak to everybody because my target audience are the millennials, the younger generation in commercial real estate. Exactly. At the end of the day, you know what's best for, for your audience. People go through high streets we know. So what about you? What are some of the exciting projects that you have been working um, on? So most recently, there's been a few things that really brought me back to my very, very far back childhood because of COVID, because of the rise in social media and how people spend a lot of time on their phones, including Mm -hmm. myself, being home quite a bit throughout the week, I saw myself getting back into collecting Pokemon cards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And what ended up happening is that I saw an opportunity to, to help others with getting back into collecting Pokemon cards. And not only kind of going back to our roots was when we were kids, the excitement that I would personally get when my parents would buy me a pack of cards, Mm -hmm. but also as a potential investor, there is a big rush of capital towards Mm -hmm. alternative investments within alternative investments, investments such as arts and collectibles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I understand what you mean. It's like, it's no longer just a personal hobby. It's now also a trading. That's exactly it. It's, it's a way of potentially making money. Yes. As, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as you buy and sell 
stocks. Obviously, the scale is completely different, Mm -hmm. but it's becoming a bigger and bigger market where Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, you have cards that are worth tens of thousands of dollars that are being sold and bought and sold. Mm -hmm. And I saw it as an opportunity to create a new business, a new venture of mine Mm -hmm. called Pokemon Butler. And the whole point of this company is to help others with their collection. We are, for the most part, a service company or at its core, a service company, meaning that with the rise in popularity of trading cards in the past year, year and a half, a lot of people have been going to their parents' homes, their basement and attics and taking out their old mm-hmm. binders that mm-hmm. they were collecting when they were when you were kids, including myself. Unfortunately for me, I gave my collection away when I was about 12, 13 years old. Uh-huh. But for a lot of people, they are going back and they find these 20-year-old, 15, 20-year-old collections. Mm-hmm. And luckily for them, it's worth a lot of money nowadays. And, yeah. and unfortunately, and, yep, go ahead. I was going to say, and also for sports cards as well. I've been seeing this trend of Pokemon cards, sports cards, all of these collections, tradings all over social media and all over podcasting and YouTube, like a lot of the YouTubers and streamers on Twitch. Some of these streamers, they will live stream the unboxing of these collections. But what we do is we actually help people get an idea of the worth of their collection. So Mm -hmm. I have a few Pokemon experts. I don't consider myself an expert, more so as an enthusiast more than anything. But I have a few people who are passionate and who's been collecting for the past 15 years, who knows pretty much everything that there is to know about Pokemon cards. And what we do is we help people estimate the value of their collection. And from there, we come up with a strategy on what would they want to do, either sell, either complete their collection, or where you can get a lot more value is actually grade the cards. And after I learned about your Pokemon company, you also asked me a bunch of questions about live streaming and podcasting and then Mm -hmm. YouTube gears. So I posted something on LinkedIn that says, if I am the marketing person of a retail mall, I'm going to set up some pop-up shops and put Pokemon card or sports cards trading areas at those mm-hmm. shops. I mean, that's as of right now, that's probably one of the best ways to attract people. Um, See, I don't talk about the typical, the traditional, the regular stuff about commercial real estate. I talk about stuff like Pokemon and esports and TikTok. But anyway, so... I posted that on LinkedIn and I actually had people reach out to me. So they basically asked me, so what is like hot right now in the millennial, the Gen Z generation? And I say, definitely TikTok, social media influencers and online brands that have a huge followings on their social media accounts and they have a huge online presence and they would like to go offline and create a community to connect with the brand and their customers. Mm -hmm. So I looked into experimental retail, and I think that's going to be a great topic for this episode. And I might name this episode, um, How Pokemon Can Save Mall. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be pretty cool for sure. You don't sound like too exciting, Julian. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so... It is exciting because, I mean, when you think about a Pokemon, it's just one little speck. 
yeah of a possibility now yes. if you're able to couple that with a bunch of different ones absolutely the only thing is i don't want other people to know about how great pokemon is because then i can't buy anything myself because <laughs> right now there's a huge huge lack of supply there's so much mm -hmm. demand the amount of supply has been very limited and i think that is also a part of the reason why there's been such a buzz mm -hmm. because you know everybody wants what they can't get mm -hmm. what about if i name this episode what experimental retail really means and what millennials and gen z really want Oh, that's actually, that's actually really cool. I like okay, that. Let me write it down and I'm going to name the episode this way. So when you think about the words experimental retail, what are you thinking in your head? What pops out in your imagination? Something that's never been done before and an alternative to keep stores open is what I understand when I hear that. Mm -hmm. So I did some research. I'm going to post two articles in the show notes that I found there are so many malls in the United States, mm -hmm. but not many of them have experimental retail. So how is it different from traditional retail is that experimental retail creates a shareable experience. Mm -hmm. It is Instagram worthy. It prioritizes customer engagement not sales. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I like the, the little comment about Instagram. If it's not Instagram worthy, it's not worth it. Yeah. And they also have a lot of like in-store events and like things that you can try out or play with at their stores. And then the store experience addresses customer needs. Company. So would you like to read about this quote? So Luxitan also opened its latest concept store last summer along New York city's famed fifth avenue given that the store is signing up three times more new customers than any other boutique the store is worth investing time and money into differentiating for this store in particular that means developing and implementing a new theme every three months along with new expert experiential activities like photo shoots with Provencal bikes backdrop or life-size advent calendars yeah interesting yeah, so you know, when I saw this article, I immediately related it to the Bellagio in Las Vegas. How does that even connect, like from New York to Bellagio in Las mm -hmm. Vegas? So you know how they change up the theme of their store every three months? Mm -hmm, I do. I mean, I know all about it thanks to you. <laughs> and for the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas, you have been to the, the indoor garden. The one where it's like, the last time I saw you was like for not Chinese New Year. Yes, or, or the Japanese or, or theme Japanese, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So they changed all of the themes, all of the flowers and the design about every three months also. Okay. So That's cool. I was thinking, this, is, this might be a crazy idea. I'm just thinking. I'm not an expert of anything, personal opinion only. I feel like experimental retail is not something new in recent years i just feel like it has already been done before but we just didn't come up with the word experimental retail in 1998 mm -hmm. so they were ahead of the curve already 20 years ago yeah 20 years ago i'm just thinking that if you look at some of the i don't know a lot of the other projects outside of las vegas i was just speaking it from las vegas perspective Bellagio itself has a lot of experimental elements in it. Like 
you have to go visit yourself. You have to go see the hotel with your eyes, and you have to go mm-hmm. inside the hotel to explore it yourself. Right. Not just the fountain. The fountain, obviously, is like the landmark of Las Vegas. You have to go see it. But also the indoor garden, which it changes up its theme every three or four months. And then also their retail area. They also change up the decoration according to the season throughout the year. I like the idea of putting something unique. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, even for me personally, if I go to a restaurant, the camera eats first. Yes. <laughs> I don't eat before the camera eats because, you know, we're so used to mm-hmm. showcasing what we experience. And, you know, like they say, like 80% of the meal is the way it's presented. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. And then in this article, here's a quote. It said, if you want people to know who you are, you have to do something different. And that's not cheap. The Bellagio has its own greenhouse behind the hotel to store all of these flowers from all over the world. They have a team of staffs that changes up, that maintains all of these flowers. It's That's like crazy. You, when you go inside the, the, the garden, it's like the flowers are always fresh. Mm-hmm. You don't see and a dying flower there. And not only that, everything is real. Everything yes. is alive. There's no like plastic leaf mm-hmm. or flower. Yeah. Everything is alive and kicking, which absolutely amazed me. I, oh yeah, this is what it was. So last time I you know, was in Vegas and I met up with Minja, they had this um, presentation in the garden with the biggest pumpkins you can find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, these pumpkins are, you know, they're massive. They're hundreds yeah. of pounds and they're real, yeah. which, which was absolutely insane. But it goes to show, you know, the effort and time and effort they put in yeah. to present and whatnot. So, so one of the pumpkins on the sign, it says, it, I think it was like 300 pounds. We didn't believe that. I believed that because I know the Bellagio, they always put real things there. But I think, Julian, you didn't believe it. So we actually asked one of the staffs at the garden and they say mm-hmm. it's real. Yep, that's exactly it. We asked one of the staff who was there to direct people right and left. And mm-hmm. when we asked, he's like, oh, no, they're all absolutely real. Yeah. That's part of the experience. You know, yes. you, we don't want you to come to the garden to, to look at plastic things. So right. everything was absolutely real. Yes. And everybody had their phones out. Of course, Instagram, Instagram stories and TikToking. Hard working every day. I'm stressed out. 24-7, babe. No, no timeouts. Wish we could fly away. So in my previous episode, I mentioned that millennials and Gen Z have shorter time span. I don't know. I don't know much about attention span. I never really paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I can comment on that. <laughs> Why don't you read the next quote from this article? It might give us a hint about the time uh-huh. attention span. Gotcha. So here's another pretty interesting quote. So as design becomes a more intentional factor of the store experience, it's changing consumer expectations, especially for younger generation. As Doug Stevens, CEO of Retail Profit recently put it, millennials don't suffer from shortened attention span. Rather, they simply have a much higher sensitivity to things that are boring. 100% agree. That's I mean, give me a quick second to think about that quote, but I like it. So it's not the way he he phrases it is interesting because it's not that 
millennials suffer from shorter attention span, mm-hmm. but they are more sensitive yes. to things that are boring. Yes. If it's boring, we immediately Shut it turn off. our head away. <laughs> Like zoom out. I don't want yeah. to look at this. So you know how I have been obsessed with TikTok recently. Mm-hmm. I spent probably three hours on TikTok every single day for the past three or four weeks. So it's not that I have short attention span. It's just I'm not interested to spend my time on boring things. Right. Is that how the quote is referring to? I think so. I think that's why, when it comes to any sort of social media, it's very easy to go from one content to another just by swiping. Yeah, like Instagram Stories is like fifteen seconds. TikTok is like a minute.、Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, like five, six years ago, YouTube videos was the bigger hit in social media. It was so cool if you say, "Oh, I'm a YouTuber." And then、mm-hmm. three years ago, if you said I'm an Instagrammer, that's super cool. But now you have to say that I'm a TikToker. That is like the coolest trend right now. Exactly, and I mean, this is what I've been talking about with some of my friends who are in their mid to late twenties.、Mm-hmm. Is ten years ago, twenty years ago, who were the the youngest millionaires? They were the tech tech whiz, and then actors. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone in the entertainment,、mm-hmm. typically nowadays, who are the youngest millionaires? It's all the social media celebrities. Yeah,、you、and I, I saw this tweet on Twitter that I found it interesting. So this tweet says, "Are social media marketers the future CMOs? CMOs, chief marketing officers?" Most likely, I believe so. I mean, anyone who's good with social media、mm-hmm. typically are able to find. Very good jobs right out of college.、Mm-hmm. There is a huge value in understanding how social media works, because、mm-hmm. that's something that I'm learning with you know my companies is that if no one knows about it, you might have the best product、mm-hmm. or service in the world. If no、yeah. one knows about it, you do not exist. Yeah, that is、exactly. why for any person starting a new business,、mm-hmm. a new venture, anything,、mm-hmm. being visible online、yeah. is crucial to your survival. Yeah, and I I say that very heavy heartedly because it is like if no one knows about it, you don't exist. Unfortunately,、yeah. it is what it is. But you know, every business has to adapt to the best way of reaching others.、Mm-hmm. I don't know of any major company without a massive, massive social media team. Just a well, team of people that all they do all day is take care of social media. I have to say that in commercial real estate, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of those companies that have a huge team about social、yes. media. <sighs> you know, I've been trying to push this message out, and I always get ignored or people、mm-hmm. disagree with me. I think there's a better way for a lot of these commercial real estate companies to spend their marketing dollars on the most efficient ways of marketing. Because right now, if you think about our industry, a lot of these marketing dollars goes to events, conferences, sponsorships, ads, emails, or subscriptions, or magazine ads. I just don't believe that is the most efficient way of spending your marketing dollars on. I think you、mm-hmm. should be spending a lot on content creations, and for commercial real estate, it's a little bit different because we are a pretty traditional industry. And I would say focus more on LinkedIn and podcasting, 
Yeah, but not a lot of companies in this industry understand the value of content creation. And that's why you're in business, Minja. And you know, for my website, one of my quotes I put it on my website. It says, "Content is fire, social、mm-hmm. media is gasoline." Ooh, that's actually really, really smart. It's、I、just gotta、content. line it up. It's the content that provides the value, and social media is the distribution. Because to your point, if you don't talk about it on social media, like you don't exist. I don't know what you do. Like if you receive an email, a cold email to talk about a deal in commercial real estate, you don't know this person. What is the first place you go on to check out who they are? I mean, social media, social, yeah, yeah, and it's one of the most powerful tools that you can use, utilize. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And then when I go to like conferences or events, like when I get that attendee list, I immediately go on LinkedIn and check out who they are.、Mm-hmm. Who should I talk to? So yeah, I I just think a lot of the companies in commercial real estate are not investing in content creation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it's so so important overall. I can tell that you're tired now. It's like midnight <laughs> in East Coast. So what else do we got? I think that is all for today's、um, episode. Is that right? What does、um, experimental retail look like post COVID? Post COVID,、um, experimental retail post COVID.、Uh, we cannot I, have a lot of those in person events anymore, right? Because、yes. it used to like they hire some of these pop up shops. They would hire like YouTubers or Instagrammers to go, to come to their grand opening or their special events. At their、mm-hmm. stores. Another thing I posted on LinkedIn is that, in addition to like a Pokemon card or sports cards trading area, what about an interaction?、Um, what about an interaction or- space for esports? Yeah, so that's a post I, I was about to mention. That is a post that you posted with the the lightsaber game. Oh, you know, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you said that's going to be your next corporate office with that、yes. game. <laughs> so I, thought, you know, I found out about this game on TikTok. It's、mm-hmm. the the Beat Saber. Yeah. Yes. Saber Beats or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I mean, that, that's a great way of getting people involved. But not only that, looking at the experimental retail post COVID,、mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a huge, huge AR, augmented、yes. reality, and virtual reality component to it. Yeah, so the game I really want to get is VR technology, and then you have this goggles on, and then、mm-hmm. if you want to film it, I will have a green screen to put it. It looks super cool. Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, I definitely want to try that game for sure. Yes. Okay. I think that is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for Julian for getting on the show again. I know it's kind of late in Connecticut right now. Anything else that you would like to add? Besides、uh, following Minja on social media, and Minja is awesome. You literally took it out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, you know, always make sure to follow, subscribe, like, share, tag.、Um, yeah, you know, all of that. Minja's Minja's content is unique,、oh, and it really、you. is in the forefront of you know everything, and、thank、especially、you. commercial real estate. So always, always make sure to look at, listen to what she has to say because you will always. I can guarantee you, you will always learn something new. <laughs> And also, if you want to learn about Las Vegas, definitely listen to her because that's what she、thank、loves、you. to talk about, amongst other things. Yes, so make、you. sure to open your ears and、uh, go from there. And what makes me a little bit upset 
<laughs> which in the beginning of this episode, I talked about my mood for the past three weeks is that I haven't seen a person who shared my podcast on LinkedIn and tagged me. Well, I've seen my podcast guest did that, but I haven't seen a listener of mine. Yeah. Did that yet sure on to, LinkedIn. Yeah, make sure That's to share cute. it because the best way of getting additional content and get the word out, share it. You know, if you enjoy it, especially if you enjoy what you're listening to, the way to get more of it is to share it with the world. And there's yes. no other way than to share it yourself on your social media accounts yes. and uh, make sure that everybody yeah. knows about it. Yeah. I'm probably I should tell my listeners, like besides leaving a review on Apple podcast, if you use Apple podcast, the only other way to help this podcast growth is by either sharing on social media or spreading the words out, you know, tell your colleagues, your friends, your boss, your neighbors to subscribe to this show, please. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much, Julian, for being Anytime. on the show today. And I hope I will do a Friendsmas episode soon. And then that will come out in the holiday season. And I'm going to invite two other friends of ours to be on the show and we can talk about the end of the year recap and maybe we can talk about how we spent our first two years in commercial real estate after we graduated. I like it. Okay. Thank you, Julian. Bye. Bye. Take care, Minja.